G'day humans, it's your boy at Fruity is Alex here once again for another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, year two, month two, it's a happening. And with me at this time is the EVP and the head promoter of the World Wrestling Federation, Chris Thunder. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm really good. Um, thank you for having me back on. This was a lot of fun. This, I think, in the space of our first show last year and this show, this has been the show I've rewritten the most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with all the uh, the different changes and that I've gotten because I want this to um lead good into my second year of WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so th- this is this is where a lot of curveballs got thrown at you this very month, hey? Well, not so much this month, but still a lot of uh, course correcting from uh, the loss of Sean. Yes, yes. When when we get to uh, something to wrestle with too, Fruity's Revenge, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think we can talk about it more then. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, uh I'm going to have to come up with a different podcast to parody for that one. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Um, Talk is... Yeah, I was, I was trying to think, like, yeah. Booking is fruity and thunder, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, Broker skull so. sessions. Let's have a drink. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually got a, I've got a Baron Samity spice rum with Pepsi Max today. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> there we go. <sighs> yeah, that's better after a long work day. <laughs> yeah, well, full disclosure, it's a Sunday night. It's good to have a bit of fun. Have ha- have some rum on a sun. Um. So for this month, like in between this uh, this episode and the last one, has anything happened with our rosters? Well, let's just say humans, without going into full disclosure about what happened, not only was there a, um, there was two trades last month that happened, which saw. Two people come to WCW and two people go to WWF. If you were listening last month, you already know that the British Bulldog is now up north, brother. But another trade has happened. Just a heads up, humans. And that trade might feature someone debuting on this episode. Woohoo. Exciting. <laughs> Yeah, and the trade for Bulldog with uh, someone from Thunder's Thunder's uh, territory to my territory resulted in that person getting injured for two months. <laughs> um, so I'll leave that at that. But some of the stuff that happened after we read out our shows last month, so we saw the twists happen. WWF drew a no fans card, which is very annoying. WCW drew an elimination chamber card. 
WWF got a wellness violation for a wrestler that hasn't debuted yet, so I won't disclose who. WCW drew a lost their smile card, which is I have to vacate a title and within a month and whoever vacates it has to disappear for three months. So that'll be interesting. Um, How long do you have to use that one before um, you get penalised? I've got a month to use it. So that's Um, this month? Yes. So it will be be used uh, by week three, I believe. (laughs) Um, WWF got an extra twist. So they'll be drawing twice this month. Double dipping uh, again. I've done yes. that a couple of times now. Yeah. Uh, for disclosure, humans, there is a new twist in there. If it comes out, we'll explain it. Um, WCW drew a talent exchange for one month. And, yeah, there was a bit of a swapsy doodle there. I'm not going to say who, just in case we both want to have some surprise pops. Uh, <laughs> WWF drew... With their final twist, a hand pick a twist card, which they have, which Chris has decided to save. I don't know why I keep referring to you as they. Um, and they, he, his, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, WCW's final twist was a two month injury, as previously announced, to a wrestler that just got traded over to WCW. So. Unlucky run for this person. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's those twists done. Uh, I had the WCW NWO revenge show. There was lots of craziness going on. Sandman debuted, beat Vince for the hardcore title. Chris Jericho showed up. Goldberg interfered in like every match. Um Ray Mysterio showed up. Looks like he's hanging out with Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, and Conan. And um, it's announced that this month will be WCW Living Dangerously. What I did call the February to Rememberary, but I am renaming it the tagline as One Last Stand, an ECW-themed show at the Philadelphia Arena. Yeah. Um, yeah, I figured, why didn't I think of One Last Stand earlier? I should have just named the entire pay-per-view that. But well, um, just to whisper it to you here, um, Vince was in control of the company and then uh, Heyman got a uh, booking rights, so uh, he changed the name. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's exactly what happened. So, yeah, we got a bit of a power struggle between Vince and Heyman, but Heyman's... Got full creative control for at least a month. Um, over in the WWF, it was the Royal Rumble, and boy, yes. was that a pay per view! The Royal Rumble, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a number of stuff happened in the lead up to, including a few debuts on Raw, but I'll just go through the pay per view itself. So the Royal Rumble featured Jake the Snake Roberts losing to a debuting R Truth on Heat. Uh, in the oh, paper, I Sorry? forgot about that. I forgot about that one. I forgot it was our truth. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, K Quick. Uh, no, nah, just just make him our truth. I haven't written down 
is our truth. Uh, what's the <laughs> other one? Um, Run the truth killings. The one where he teams with Pac-Man Jones in Impact. Uh, K-Crush for a bit, he was. Might have been that. Mm. But enough about him and his various names. Uh, we go on to the pay-per-view portion and Toki. And Antonio Noki and Liger and Nokiism defeated the Funks, Terry Funk and Dory Jr. in a tag team match. Uh, for the light heavyweight championship, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the champion, was defeated by X-Pac with DX interference. For the European championship, Andre the Giant was defeated by China with DX interference. The Intercontinental Championship, Jack Briscoe, the champion, was defeated by Iron Mike Tyson with DX interference. For the Ooh. World Tag Team Championship, the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, with Paul Ellering in their corner, the champions, were defeated by the New Age Outlaws, Jesse James and Billy Gunn, with DX interference. <laughs> uh, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match, Brett the Hitman Hart, the champion, was defeated by Triple H, with DX interference. There's almost a theme going here. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like someone uh, has been brushing up on their Bugs WCW from year one. Yeah, almost. Shots fired. Shots fired. (laughs) Um, uh, Co-main event of the event of the Royal Rumble was the Women's World Championship. Uh, Brie Bella, the champion, defeated Alicia Fox to retain. And in the second Royal Rumble, it came down to Hollywood Hogan and Taz, and Taz last eliminated Hogan, meaning he's going to WrestleMania. That's Taz! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Still love Taz on AEW commentary. He's so good. And, yeah, correct decision. Um, I'm just going to quickly go into full disclosure. I... (laughs) originally had planned that I was going to draft Taz at number two and I was going to have him win the WCW title on month two. Well, uh, (laughs) sorry about your damn luck. Yeah, he was like high on my priority list. I was going to put the strap on him, but WWF given him the good push that he deserves. But without any further ado-do... Uh, I think we should just dive straight into our television shows. Cool. So who goes first? Who won the, uh, what is it? The parlay? <laughs> the parlay. Yes, you're going to be going first for TVs and pay-per-views this month. And I'll be going first for the twist. So Ooh. you, which oh, kind wait, of works I got out. Back to back. Yeah, which kind of works out because you can just go back to back. Ooh, it'll either be good or you'll get something really good first and I'll be like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, um, last little note of the Rumble was that commentary did mention Taz was holding the uh, the ECW, F, was it? FTW Heavyweight Championship. So they did make note of that as well. Yeah, awesome. So let's get to it. Year two, month two. Raw is War Week 1. Show opens with various photos of last night's pay-per-view. Then we cut to a dark arena with an empty ring and a single spotlight shining down onto the centre of the ring. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett addresses the viewers at home. 
stating that the rumours surrounding WWF last night were true. With the assistance of the WWF executive board members, we have acquired several free agent contracts. Firstly, please welcome new executive board member and WWF representative, Vern Gonya. Wow, I honestly had no idea you'll ever be able to squeeze him onto your show, so bravo, good work. Yeah, I had him in the uh, the Rumble last month and I figured this would be the best thing for me for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one of those older wrestlers I haven't seen a lot of footage of and, yeah, it's hard to uh, to place him in this sort of era other than yeah. a commentator, a fiery figure type person. He, he can be your Jack Tunney. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, Vern Gagne thanks Jim Barnett for the opportunity. And uh, as they're shaking hands, then uh, Jim uh, says into the camera again, now please welcome the new executive board member and ECW representative Joey Styles. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh Joey says it's great to be in the house that ECW built as the arena lights are turned on and we see the 2300 arena, former ECW arena, but there are no fans present. Oh, you cheeky little devil. (laughs) Joey adds a certain Don made a call to the network and the (laughs) pay-per-view providers and they were told that ECW had some involvement and threatened to cut WWF's deals if fans were present over the next month, even going so far as to refuse to broadcast on short notice, but they worked out a deal at the, uh, at the 11th hour. Over the coming weeks, we will feature many WWF matches with either debuting wrestlers or hardcore rules. So goodbye, Royals War, as we enter the war zone. Oh, my God. I love it, and I hate how similar everything you're doing is to what I've got going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, just one of those freaky things where we're both on the same page about our booking. I, I hate it because I was forced to go from the same arena uh, last month, and then you're like, here, have no fans. <laughs> Uno, and I'm like, I could have done this last month. <laughs> Ah, well. Um, Yeah, so uh, Jim Barnett now got two more faces on the executive board, at least on uh, television as well. We've got Vern Gagne, who's sort of the the WWF executive locker room, and Joey Styles representing a new uh, ECW representative, a lot of um, ECW talent who've come over. Very good. Uh, So the first time we see the entranceway, and it's announced that we're coming to you live from the former ECW arena. Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon uh, calling the action tonight, and our colleague Howard Finkel on ring announce duties. As you'll notice, Captain Lou Albano has left the commentary team, as we understand that he somehow regained his manager's licence, so stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. I'm very intrigued. And we go to match number one of the evening, the Iron Sheik versus George the Animal Steel with his manager, Captain Lou Albano. (laughs) I love it. This is an odd match, to say the least. (laughs) 
But with Lily's coaching, George avoids the camel clutch and manages to pin the Iron Sheik for the win. Post-match, Lou is just shouting Billet a lot into the camera. Billet, Billet. Billet, Billet, Billet. After commercial, we go backstage and we see the new backstage interviewer, Joel Gertner. Uh, who is talking to uh, WWF uh, Commissioner Jim Barnett? Ask about more. Exe- uh, ask for more information about the executive board members. Jim states that Vern Gagne is a WWF representative, instrumental in acquiring several local and international free agent contracts. While Joey Styles was able to convince a large number of former ECW wrestlers to join the WWF, uh, goes on to state next week will feature the single night tournament the world tag cup on two weeks time we will feature the single night tournament the wrestling classic with uh, the respective finals to be taking place at st valentine's day massacre and the winner to receive championship matches at wrestlemania but that's not all (laughs) as we go into the deadly games qualifying match uh week one so very similar to last year, if you're listening, uh, Deadly Games is, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is pretty much taken from uh, Darwin Pro Wrestling's uh, Super Triad series, where it's free competitors in free singles matches. Uh, if it's a draw after the free singles matches, it goes to a freeway sudden death overtime. Yeah. So uh, that being said. Uh, first qualifying match here, uh, the winners of the qualifying matches on Raw go through the actual pay-per-view. So it is Alicia Fox versus Paige. This is a quick match where Alicia gets a two-count on a bridging light suplex. Paige wins with the Paige Turner to qualify for the St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view. Very good. Uh, we then have a WWF.com exclusive where there's reports of a tag team infighting in the locker room, and we'll bring more to you when we can. Tell me intrigued. I have uh, an idea who it could be, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, in the main event of the uh, in the main event of Raw Week One, we see Mark Henry versus the debuting Test. This is a test. Test, test. Yeah. This is more of a strongman contest than an actual wrestling match with each man trying to showcase their strength to one another. There's a test boot and another and a fur. And Mark Henry is off his feet. Test goes to lift Henry for a tombstone. But Mark chops the leg uh, out from Test's knee and um, lands on top of Test, winding him. Mark gets up, hits a world's strongest slam, one, two, three, and Mark wins, shouting, that's what I do, into the camera as we go off the air for week one. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Um, I've also got a pretty action-packed month of television. Um, it is WCW Hardcore TV. Uh, four weeks from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, New York. Every hey, match. wasn't I just there? You were at the 2300 Arena. No, what do you say? Manhattan Centre. The Hammerstein Ballroom. Oh, oh yeah. Hammerstein. You, 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the Manhattan ballroom is uh, a story above the Hammerstein ballroom. <laughs> so yes, you were pretty much just there. What uh, if I was there this month? <laughs> We're running two shows on top of one another, literally. That would have been great. (laughs) If if that happened, I would have been rewriting as you were talking about your show so I could have someone run in. The joys (laughs) of going second. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry. So we open up and on commentary for this month and the pay-per-view is Paul Heyman. And his commentary teammate for the next five shows, the Sinister Minister, James Mitchell. Now, in the ring is Vince McMahon, uh, Randy Savage, Batista, Kevin Nash, the Outsiders, pretty much the entire NWO. And Vince says, last night was a history-making night. We saw the greatest return in the history of wrestling, only for them to get cheated out by an undersized, over-tanned midget. But I'd like to introduce you now, coming back home, the immortal Hollywood. What? 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 This can't be him, can it? He was just at the Rumble. And out he comes. We see black and white balloons everywhere. Oh, my God. We see the guy cupping his ear. He looks up. It's Shawn Michaels. Yes, he did return as well last night. The leader of the NWO. He gets in the ring. And Vince McMahon refers to him as Hollywood Hickenbottom. (laughs) he grabs the mic and says let me tell you something brother I couldn't cut the mustard in WCW dude so I took my ball and went up north because I couldn't handle the NWO brother I showed up in the rumble dude and lost to an angry oompa loompa dude Paul and Nash are laughing hysterically Michaels drops the shtick and says hey Terry Hope you still have your lawyer on speed dial because we heard that music you came out to last night. And what you gonna do when cease and desist mania runs wild on you? Oh, and as for my opponent at Living Dangerously, I will make you take your ball and run with your tail between your legs like Terry did, brother. The threat... The entire NWO leave laughing and mocking Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> Had to take a shot back at you. <laughs> now, you know the story probably of um, the court case between WWF and WCW in the 90s? Yes. So yes. what's that stem around? Um, WWF sued... WCW because Scott Hall showed up and he was doing the full Razor Ramon accent. Yes. And like not saying he was Razor Ramon, but he was saying, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. So he was like just basically saying, you know who I am, you know I'm Razor. 
So there was like things, there was like a court case over that. Uh, and and uh, WWF won that court case. And the, oh, what was it? Bruce Pritchard said that Vince used the $2 million that they won from that court case to buy WCW in 2001. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of as soon as you did this. Well done, sir. Great work. Um, continue on. Was not meant to be how I opened up a ECW tribute show in the Hammerstein Ballroom, obviously. But This is 2006 One Night Stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, we said last night on pay-per-view we're going to have a beat-the-clock challenge to determine which challenger for a title at Living Dangerously gets to main event. Sabu starts us off with his randomly selected opponent, Rikishi. Sabu wins with the Arabian face buster after five minutes and 34 seconds, and he has the time to beat heading into his world title match against Stone Cold at Living Dangerously. Heyman and Mitchell, uh, James Mitchell, the sinister minister on screen. Mitchell thanks Heyman for bringing him in this month for commentary, but he has made sure that he will stick around for a long time after this. This is why I cringe, because you kind of did something similar. So at Living Dangerously, he will have his manager's license and he will debut his newest clients, a tag team consisting of two former ECW alumni who have never teamed together and they are going to blow up this tag division. Next up, Goldberg is out to defend his TV title, looking to advance in the Lucky 7 rule. He's awaiting his opponent, Paul Heyman, says that he said Goldberg will go through hell, and this man wants to put you through hell. Out comes Rick Rude. He wants revenge for what Goldberg did to Dude Love last night. This match goes for eight minutes. Uh, this is Extreme Rules. Goldberg has Rude up for the jackhammer, and Rude rakes the eyes of Goldberg. Low blow, low blow, another low blow. Rude awakening, one, two, three. Rick Rude is your new television champion. Oh, my God. Um, Tommy Dreamer makes his in-ring debut in the Beat the Clock Challenge. On his way to the ring, he stops at the front row, kisses his wife, Bueller. Tommy Dreamer's opponent is Lash LaRue. Tommy wins in 4 minutes and 35 seconds. After the match, Edge and Beth Phoenix come out on the ramp and Dreamer can't take his eyes off them. But from behind comes the conquistador that we saw last night, who hits Tommy with a chair. Bueller jumps a barricade, covers Tommy with her body to prevent a further attack. Edge gets the conquistador to hold Tommy and he forces Tommy to watch as Beth Phoenix beats down Bueller. The Conquistador throws Tommy towards Edge, who hits a spear on Tommy. <sighs> we see Yokozuna, who's still in Japan after going through the ring there. He's in a dojo with Mr. Fuji. Fuji says Yoko needs to evolve. Many years ago, his ancestors taught him a form of martial arts that many have tried, but only a few have mastered. Fuji is one of them. But after what Fuji had to deal with and what happened to him at the hands of the Ministry of Darkness, they have drained all the strength out of his soul. 
is too weak to continue the legacy of this sacred fighting style. But Yokozuna, you are stronger than any man I've ever managed, and you will continue the legacy of Kung Fuji. And we move on to the next segment. We move on? Yeah, it's a cliffhanger. Uh, It's a cliffhanger vignette. Okay, okay. (laughs) Go ahead. So we'll go back with him uh, every week. Uh, Later is up next in the Beat the Clock Challenge uh, against the debuting Jazz. Jazz quickly hits multiple German suplexes on Later, hits the chicken wing face buster for the win in one minute and 54 seconds. Jazz continues her assault and grabs the table. She sets it up outside of the ring and has Later in the ring, hits the chicken wing face buster that she calls the bitch clamp. From in the ring to the outside, through a table, Lita gets stretched out. Heyman come out, comes out and says, even though Jazz has the best time technically, it was only Lita that was entered in the Beat the Clock Challenge, so her time doesn't count. And the women's title won't be the main event. But what I can do is add Jazz to the title match at Living Dangerously, and it will be a three-way dance. Trish versus Lita versus Jazz for the women's title. And we go back to Japan. Fuji <laughs> uh, hands Yokozuna a gi and says, I'm no longer Mr. Fuji. Call me Sensei Fuji. Over the next month, you will master the art of Kung Fuji and become Kung Fuji. And at Living Dangerously, you will own your new skills in a tag match against the Wild Samoans. Paul Heyman has arranged for you to team up with an ECW alumni to continue his pay-per-view theme. Uh, The final Beat the Clock Challenge is up next with the Dudley boys taking on the outsiders. The outsiders get the upper hand quickly. They get distracted by Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, who are on the ramp. Nash charges up the ramp to Guerrero and Mysterio, and Hall is left alone in the ring who turns around 3D at 3 minutes and 25 seconds, the Dudley boys win the Beat the Clock Challenge, and the Dudley boys will main event living dangerously for the world tag titles. Uh, Rick Rude backstage challenges Goldberg to another match at living dangerously. He will make Goldberg regret what he did to his best friend last night, and he wants Goldberg in a... in a... Born to be wired match. It's simple. In the ring, it will be a whole heap of barbed wire boards and the ropes will be wrapped in barbed wire. This match is official and it will be former ECW alumni and former ECW color commentator Rick Rude versus Goldberg are living dangerously. Uh, we got a sit-down interview with Stone Cold at his Broken Skull Ranch. Austin makes note of the fact that due to him being a world champion, he was able to rebuild his ranch after Ric Flair boot- bulldozed it down all those months ago. Continuity, people. JR says, Sabu is unlike... <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I was like, oh, I'm writing a segment for the Broken Skull Ranch. Oh, crap, didn't I bulldoze that? Oh, no, he's a world champion. He bought a new one. <laughs> God damn son <laughs> Gotta rebuild <laughs> Gotta build that ranch boy 
Uh, JR says, Sabu was unlike any opponent Austin's ever faced. And Austin replies and says, I understand that a living dangerously, I will go through things in that match I've never experienced before. But there ain't a damn thing I won't do to hang on to this title. They say he's suicidal, homicidal, genocidal. Well, Sabu, at living dangerously, prove it. And that's the bottom line. Oh, my God. This is such a long episode. I'm really sorry. Bossman Farouk and the executioner versus Sting, Muda, and Vampiro set up last night. Sting, Muda, and Vampiro have the upper hand for the majority of the match, but out comes Papa Shungo and Kane with Undertaker, Paul Bear, and Michelle McCool watching from the stage. Kane and Shungo beat down the three babyfaces. Kane and Vampiro brawl up the crowd into a balcony. Sting and Muda are left alone in a four-on-two situation. The numbers are too much. Dominator on Muda from Farouk. From the ring to the outside through a table. Executioner Farouk and Shungo hold up Sting. And Bossman repeatedly hits Sting in the throat with a nightstick. Sting's bleeding out of his mouth. We see up on the balcony. Kane chokeslams Vampiro off the balcony through multiple tables. Undertaker gets in the ring. He stands up on the second rope. Farouk sets up two un unfolded chairs in front of taker the ministry lift up sting and give him to taker who hits a huge tombstone pile drive off the second rope through two steel chairs that just broke in half boss man pins sting all three baby faces get stretched out oh god we see footage of ddp at home he's searching all over his yard for his secret amara he walks through the backyard and goes inside his house to talk to his wife and he tells her that it's for the best if she leaves to stay with her family for the time being. He hears a noise in the garage, runs in there, sees a videotape with a label that says Dally XOXO. He takes the tape inside, puts in the VHS player. It's just grainy footage from a few minutes ago of DDP walking through the backyard talking to his wife. DDP is upset. And tells his wife to leave now. Main event time. The Sandman defending his newly won hardcore title against the Giant. Sandman starts the match by repeatedly attacking the Giant with his sig signature kendo stick. White Russian leg sweep on the Giant. He pins the Giant, but the Giant kicks out. Giant then fights back. He has the kendo stick. Beats Sandman to a bloody pulp. Sandman climbs up the top rope for his signature cannonball off the top. But Shane McMahon, who's on crutches from the ankle lock last night, comes out and hits Sandman with his crutch. The giant goozles Sandman, chokeslams him off the top, through a table outside and pins the Sandman. The giant is your new hardcore champion. The giant grabs the mic and says he challenges anyone who wants a tile shot, come out right now. And here he comes, Vince McMahon once again. Vince Hits a devastating finger poke of doom on the giant who takes a bump and Vince pins the giant and is once again your hardcore champion. Vince grabs the mic and proclaims himself the new king of extreme. Paul Heyman comes out and says that was a load of bullshit. So Vince, at Living Dangerously, you will defend your hardcore title against a mystery opponent. But since you're the king of extreme, next week you will be in action and it will be against this man and out comes rhino rhino comes out and he's wearing the ecw title the last ever ecw champion 
Heyman says, oh, and it won't be for your hardcore title. It will be for the ECW title. And that ends week one. Soz. <laughs> well, really done. Uh, so a few title changes there and Rhino. Rhino, man. I always try to go hard for my first show after a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't expect him and... uh. Yeah, and I suppose uh, both of us now have uh, brought in a couple of ECW champs. Yeah, yeah. More to come, I would assume. Perhaps. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, folks. So, yeah. Uh, wow. Not not what I expected there from you with a, a couple of, yeah, quick, quick uh, title changes and whatnot. Yeah, uh, the Rick Rude-Goldberg thing was a last-minute decision. But... Ooh. There's a story to play out, and I have to play it out within a month. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So should I go ahead for week two? Yes, go ahead, my man. So WWF Raw Warzone week two. Show opens with the Iron Sheik in-ring issuing a challenge to any jabroni in the locker room, and it's answered by the debuting Gilberg. Gilbert. No. No? Oh, no. Uh, no, just carry on. <laughs> it's an explosive match by Gilbert. Spear, spear, spear. Pin. One, two, three. <laughs> Gilbert oh, has just pinned the iron sheet. Celebrates, go up. He goes up the rampway as we cut back to the sheet. Uh, and post-match, he's arguing with the official, grabs a mic and shouts, I quit the jabroni WWF. And does a gesture with his finger as if he's almost spelling out something, but commentary isn't quite sure what it is? <laughs> hmm. You, you sneaky, sneaky <laughs> devil. You told me <laughs> to start playing hard. Yeah, do it. Do it. This is what I want. Uh, following the commercial break, uh, Executive board member and ECW representative Joey Stoll is with Joel Gertner backstage. He mentions, even though this week will feature the single night tournament of the World Tag Cup, we will still see other uh, other action. Plus, hardcore champion Antonio Noki, you're in our house, bitch. And while we're in Philly, you will defend that championship against a mystery opponent every night. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, this should get your interest. Opening first round match in the World Tag Cup. So, it's basically single elimination uh, tag team tournament. Beautiful. So, we have the team of Immortal, Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle with Deborah versus the debuting tag team of, you saw them at the Rumble, the Boogie Knights, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright. Yeah! <laughs> It's a quick match with Alex and Disco isolating Jeff and knocking Kurt off the apron. But as Jeff comes back, he calls for the guitar, but Deborah is helping Kurt, who's still down, and turns into a roll-up by Disco. One, two, three, and the Boogie Knights advance. Celebrating, they go up the rampway post-match in the ring. Jeff goes to the floor to help Kurt up, but as they're walking up the ramp, he stops and kicks Kurt's leg out from under him causing Kurt to fall and roll back down the rampway. Commentary states they heard rumours 
of faction infighting in Immortal. How will this affect Deborah's match later tonight? Oh, I love this. Jeff calls to Deborah, but she seems torn and runs back to Kurt. Angered by this, Jeff returns and attacks Kurt with the guitar over and over until Deborah stands in the way. Jeff screams for Deborah to move, but she won't. And she also receives a guitar shot for his troubles, and it takes a number of officials to come out and separate him, sending Jeff to the back. That's awesome. Um, second round match after commercial, uh, we go to the Bushwashers, Bush Miller and uh, Luke Miller and Butch Williams, with their new New Zealand friend we saw at the Rumble, Pat O'Connor. Beautiful versus. They had a booing team of Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, a.k.a. Rotten Balls. <laughs> yep, yep, well played. It's your classic ECW tag team match. Plunder are planning with Luke and Butch going to their sheep herder roots. Balls at one point grabs a chair from under the ring and cracks it across Butcher's skull. Ron has Luke tied up outside and Ron Balls get the pinfall win here over Butch to advance. Very good. Uh, third first round match in the World Tag Cup sees the Funks, Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. versus the debuting tag team of we saw them at the Rumble. It is Al Snow and Steve Blackman head cheese. You keep teasing me, man. Yeah, teasing you with what, I assume? Uh, I'll leave it unsaid. Okay. Uh, it's all funks here. Terry showing his appreciation for what ECW meant to him, and he wins with the Texas Cloverleaf. A rare occasion, but the funks advance. Bravo. Um, fourth the sorry, the fourth and final first round match in the World Tag Cup. The debuting Radicals, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn, taking on the debuting team of Super Crazy and Psychosis with Juventu Guerrero, uh, Guerrera plus Rosita and Sirera, the Mex Am connection. Creativity, I love it. Yeah, I'm not calling them the other name because every theme song they have has a lawnmower starting in it. Yes. <laughs> um, it's fast-paced match. However, the numbers work in advantage for the Mexam connection as they quickly isolate Dean, as they quickly isolate Perry San in the ring with Dean Malenko outside, and they get the pinfall over Perry San to advance. Bravo. Backstage, Joel Gertner is with uh, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett, who confirms the remaining matches for later tonight in the World Tag Cup. It'll be the Boogie Knights versus Rotten Balls and the Funks versus the Mexam Connection. Very, very good. Uh, next is the Hardcore Championship Mystery Opponent match. Antonio Anoki with Anokiism members Liger and Bull Ringside versus a debuting. PCO. He's not human. <laughs> no, no, he's not. While PCO does get a good showing against Anoki, the hardcore rules allow Anokiism to exploit the numbers to their advantage. 
and Elaga Shote in full view of the ref and an Anoki dropkick allows Anoki to retain by pinfall for the victory. Awesome. Uh, Following that, the first second round match in the World Tag Cup, the Boogie Knights, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright versus Rotten Balls, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Oh, you're going to love this. (laughs) This is a classic ECW plunder type match. At one point, it's Balls and Disco in the ring. Disco seems to be fatigued while Alex is under the ring searching for a weapon and he finds something and sits it on the apron. It's a duck. (laughs) Oh, yes. Disco is almost memorized by this duck and he hulks up and fights off Balls. (laughs) Snaps schoolboy roller. One, two, three. The Boogie Knights advance. Disco Inferno and Alex Ryder going to the finals at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Bravo. I love this. I love this so much. This tag tournament's awesome. Uh, we then cut to uh, we then cut to backstage footage from earlier in the night, uh, which shows Jeff Jarrett leaving, saying, ain't I great when he gets into his pickup truck and leaves the arena? While separately across the arena, we see both Kurt and Deborah being placed into a waiting ambulance and driven away. More on this later. Bravo. Uh, second, uh, sorry, the final second round matchup in the World Tag Cup. The Funks, Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. versus the Maxam Connection. That's super crazy and psychosis with Juventud Guerrero, Rosita, and Sarita in their corner. Trisomite, Funks, uh, this is all the, yeah, so tries the Funks might. This is all the Mexam connection who uh, outnumber the Funks as they did in the first round, advancing to the finals at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Very good. Uh, before the main event, we get a quick update here with executive board member Vern Gonya as he speaks to Joel Gertner. He confirms that both Kurt Angle and Deborah were taken to a local hospital and that the executive board will meet tomorrow to discuss Jeff Jarrett's future. Now, with Deborah unable to compete, we will have a new competitor debuting next. And we go to the main event, which is the second Deadly Games qualifying match. It is ODB versus a debuting Ali. Sounds good. That's a good bunny, not a bad one. Oh, I left you open for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a quick match with ODB taking this very seriously, getting a quick pinfall victory after a number of power slams on Ali to advance to the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view along with Paige so far. So that concludes uh, week two there. Awesome. Great show. Yeah, getting there. (laughs) Yeah, bloody oath it is. All right, so week two for Hardcore TV from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Paul Heyman announces that the main event tonight will be Goldberg versus Sabu. We open up with Rhino versus Vince McMahon for the ECW world title. Rhino's just destroying Vince for five minutes. All of a sudden, Shane comes out on crutches with the giant. Shane levels Rhino with his crutch. Shane was faking his injury. The giant choke slams Rhino. Vince rolls over. And Vince McMahon is your new 
ECW World Heavyweight Champion. After the match, Vince Shane and the Giant continue attacking Rhino. But out comes Sandman for the save. But he gets beat down. Finally, Ken Shamrock comes out for the save and fends off the heels. Heyman announces that living dangerously, it will be, since clearly Shane is cleared to compete, it will be Shane and the Giant versus Sandman and Ken Shamrock. We see in Japan Yokozuna getting progressively frustrated at Kung Fuji. Fuji gives him a massive pep talk, and Yoko's slowly getting better. Uh, Tommy Dreamer squashes Maven in a few minutes, and after the match, we see on a big screen, Edge and Beth Phoenix are standing out in a suburban street. He says, Tommy, you want to come after the one thing in this world that means the most to me? I'm not talking about you, Beth. I mean this title. Well, an eye for an eye, Tommy. Edge and Beth walk up to a door and kick the door. We see Bueller in the house feeding a baby girl in a high chair and another toddler's running around. Beth attacks Bueller. Tommy's in the ring, furious. The baby's crying. Edge then proceeds to trash Tommy's house. And then starts yelling abuse at this baby in a high chair. Edge then, yeah, he continues to trash Tommy's house. Tommy leaves the arena and goes to get in a car. But the conquistador's in the car waiting for him and attacks Tommy. Tommy gets thrown through the windscreen of his car. Hell of an angle. Uh, The Dudley boys beat two locals quickly after the match of Savage Animals. The new tag champs come in for a sneak attack, but the Dudley boys get the upper hand. 3D on Batista, 3D on Savage. The Rock and Roll Express come out and say to Paul Heyman, they want an opportunity to fight a pay-per-view again. They feel like they've been forgotten, all these new toys coming in. Heyman says that, unfortunately, we don't have anything for you right now. They get interrupted by James Mitchell, who says, hang on a second, Paul. This tag team wants a match on pay-per-view, and I have a tag team that will wrestle on pay-per-view that doesn't have any opponents. So let's make it happen. The Rock and Roll Express will make the perfect opening statement for my new team. Heyman agrees, and the match is official. Jazz beats a local, and after the match, leader attacks Jazz. Trish comes out to try to calm calm them both down but Jazz gets a steel chair and lays out both women and poses with the title the outsiders are backstage with Shawn Michaels and they cut a promo about their opponents are living dangerously Nash says Eddie has been a thorn in his ass since this company first started now he finally has a little buddy we're going to murder those little vanilla midgets Shawn says Heyman has it against Shawn Keeps trying to screw him over with mystery opponents. He's doing the same thing to Vince. Well, Mysterio, Guerrero, you want to make fools out of us? Who's the fool now? The camera pans over to reveal a bloody Chavo Guerrero with NWO spray painted on his back. Next week, us three against Mysterio, Guerrero and Conan. Conan, Mysterio, and Guerrero run in backstage and run off the NWO to the aid of Chavo. 
The Rock comes out and cuts a promo on Paul Heyman for not booking him for living dangerously. I mean, he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, and he is the great one. The Rock thinks that he deserves a shot at the title. Heyman says that in two weeks' time, he will have a six-man gauntlet featuring six of the top guys in the company, and the winner will face the world champion in April, month four, at Super Brawl. Main event time, Goldberg versus Sabu. Goldberg dominates Sabu early. Sabu won't stay down. Goldberg goes to the jackhammer, but Rick Rude comes out, levels Goldberg in the back with a chair. Sabu gets the chair, throws it in Goldberg's face. Goldberg goes down. Sabu hits an Arabian face buster. One, two, three. Sabu beats Goldberg. After the match, Stone Cold comes out and raises his beard towards Sabu. After the match, we see Goldberg and Rude fighting backstage. Goldberg throws Rude into a room and there is pre-prepared barbed wire in the room. Goldberg grabs the barbed wire and wraps it around the neck of Rude and chokes him with it. Rude's bleeding from the throat. How can Rude ever wrestle again to end week two? Yeah. How can he wrestle again? Oh, that's gimmicked barbed wire, man. That's just that rubber-tipped stuff. Rubber-tipped rubber, rubber tipped with a packet of tomato sauce. Oh, that's how that works. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. Week three from the WWF. Yes, uh, week three. I think I have week three, or did I delete week three? Ah, delayed week three. Let's go to week four. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-huh. Week three, WWF Raw War Zone. Chat opens again from the ECW arena. Uh, we see uh, the executive board member and WWF representative Vern Gagne in the ring. He confirms that both Kurt Angle and Deborah will not be medically cleared for tonight or in time for St. Valentine's Day Massacre. He also announces that Jeff Jarrett has been indefinitely suspended following last week's attack. Um, Then also mentions uh, tonight. uh, However, tonight we have the Wrestling Classic, an eight-man single elimination tournament that starts right now. So (laughs) we go straight into the first round match. It is Pat O'Connor with the Bushwhackers ringside versus a debuting. William Regal. He's a man. Such a man. No? No, no, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At the start of this match, Regal offers his hand to Pat, saying, let's have a good clean fight. Pat looks to his corner and nods towards the bushwhackers before shaking Regal's hand. This is a Mac classic, both men putting on a clinic here in the ECW arena. Not really what you'd associate this arena with. Yeah. There's exchanging near falls with a very close two count for Pat. Luke is demanding it was free and jumps on the apron to argue with the official. And as both men get to their feet, Regal pulls brass knuckles out of his tights to clock Pat behind the referee's back. Uh, Luke jumps down, but it's too late. Regal has pinned. Uh, has Pat pinned and the referee counts the free. And Regal advances, but his celebration is short-lived as he flees the angry bushwhackers. 
Excellent stuff. Uh, so the second first-round match in the Wrestling Classic sees Mil Masquerez versus a debuting Amazing Red. Ooh! It's a total shock to see the man here who was on WCW last month. <laughs> However, this is an all-time classic light heavyweight match uh, going about 15 minutes, but the more experienced Mil Masquerez pins Amazing Red to advance, and there's a sign of respect between the two men in the post-match. Bravo. At least he got his handshake. Yeah, got his handshake and his cup of coffee. Yep, handshake and a hot dog. <laughs> um, the third uh, first-round match in the Wrestling Classic sees Gerald Briscoe with Jack Briscoe at ringside taking on PCO. Uh, this match just really showcases how good these two guys are as singles wrestler uh, wrestlers, but PCO is caught out by the numbers game, being tripped near the ropes by, Gerald, uh, by Jack, and Gerald gets the pinfall victory here to advance. Awesome. And in the final opening round match of the Wrestling Classic, we see R-Truth versus a debuting Fit Finley. Yes. It's a strange match with Truth not really taking Fit seriously, and this costs him in the long run as he's caught in the Irish cloverleaf and submits. Bravo. Uh, following commercial, we come back with Joel Gertner, who is with Commissioner Jim Barnett, who confirms the remaining matches for later tonight, which will be William Regal versus Mill Masquerez and Gerald Briscoe versus Fit Finley. Uh, Gertner also asks about the championship matches for St. Valentine's Day Massacre, as we have not seen DX since the Rumble. Jim confirms that due to Degeneration X's constant interference and utter disrespect, uh, this month all champions will defend in ECW rule-style matches against the former champions. Oh, and if Degeneration X decide to no-show, they will be stripped of their titles, fined and suspended from WrestleMania. Excellent. Laying down the law. Yeah. So uh, next we have the final Deadly Games qualifying match. It is Wendy Richter versus uh, Havoc, who debuted last month. Uh, Wendy tries she might isn't a match for Havoc, who gets the pinfall victory after a um, running power slam. Uh, so she will advance to St. Valentine's Day Massacre for the Deadly Games, along with Paige and ODB. That's actually a very hard-hitting three ladies right there. Yeah. Uh, where the heck was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, second round opening match in the Wrestling Classic sees William Regal versus Mill Masquerade. It's a fast-paced match with Regal trying to keep up. Mill drags Regal to the top rope, but both men lose their footing and fall to the outside. The ref checks on Mill for, on Masquerade first, who appears to just be winded. Next, he walks around the ring post to see Regal bleeding profusely from his forehead as he's fallen face-first onto the ring steps. As the ref is calling for a doctor to tend to Regal, behind their back, the Mexam connection run in, attacking Masquerade and rolling him back into the ring. 
but they flee as quick as they arrived. The ref is oblivious to the attack on Mascarez, but Regal has seen it all as he's facing that way. He pushes the doctor aside, grabs the referee, climbs back in the rig, and hits a groggy Mill Mascarez with the Regal cutter for good measure and gets a pinfall victory to advance to the final at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Beautiful. The final second round match uh, sees Gerald Briscoe with Jack in his corner taking on Fit Finley. Briscoe enters first with Finley running down and laying out Jack before the bell. Now this is a true one-on-one contest, another Mac classic in the ECW arena. Briscoe is trying but can't get Finley down for the count. Suddenly, a lapse in concentration allows Finley to get the upper ten, upper hand, and a cloverleaf submission by Finley on Briscoe, who who submits. Uh, so the Final at St. Valentine's Day Massacre is set now. It'll be Regal versus Finley. Excellent. I love that. Uh, I don't know if you're going to love this next segment. Oh, God. Antonio Inoki and Inokiism make their way to the ring for his mandatory championship defense. But just prior to the main event of the evening, executive board member and ECW representative Joey Styles makes his way to the ring announces next week will not be for the faint of heart as it will be an extreme evening in the war zone. But as for tonight, let's welcome your opponent, Antonio, making their raw debut, Lord Tenzai. Oh, my God. As, <laughs> as Joey Styles climbs out of the ring, you can clearly hear Anoki screaming, This is bullshit! <laughs> Tenzai enters the ring with his young boy, making his debut, Taka Michinoku. Okay, okay, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Because he had, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but you know he had like yeah. his little um assistant with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe his name was Sakamoto. Wow, you do have a good wrestling memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's basically what Tucker's doing here, being his um his young boy, his second. Um, and now he's enraged by this blatant disrespect towards him. He directs Bull to hold back Tucker, while Liger passes Anoki some Singapore canes behind Tenzai's back. As the bell ring, Tenzai doesn't see what Anoki is holding behind his back, and he turns into it and gets clocked in the head. This is just a bloodbath with Anoki and Liger caning the bejesus out of Tenzai. Gorilla states he's bleeding like a stuffed pig. And yeah. eventually, Anoki pins Tenzai with a cocky pose, one foot on his chest, as the ring now matches Tenzai's entrance attire colour. Uh, Post match, we see Anoki invite Bull and Tucker into the ring. He hands Bull a cane. First, Liger cracks Tenzai again. Then Bull cracks him, along with Anoki. Finally, Anoki passes a cane to Tucker. Tucker takes the cane, and with almost a cheeky grin, says, Motherfucker, as he hits Tenzai. Oh no, Anokiism is growing in numbers. What will this mean for the future? As we go off the air. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> I figured I'd have one chance to do it, 
and now's like the perfect time to do it. Yep. So we. No, that's great. That's great, man. <laughs> uh, I've got. Yep, I'm just getting something lined up. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew we we mentioned it, and I said I wasn't going to do it, and then it's just like. I'm only gonna have one chance to do this whilst all the pieces are in play on the board. Yeah. I yeah. should take this chance and do it because I don't think I'll get it again. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm really happy you did it actually. That's really it was really good. All right. What uh, week three, WCW hardcore TV from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Paul Heyman comes out with Rick Rude holding his title, is wearing a suit and he's got a bandage wrapped around his neck. Rick Rude can't speak because his throat got completely sliced open last week. Heyman announces that because of his injuries sustained at the hands of Goldberg, Rude will not be able to compete for at least three months and therefore Rude must relinquish his television title. Rude has a tear in his eye and he reluctantly hands over the television title to Heyman, who announces Goldberg, your born-to-be-wired barbed wire match will still take place against a mystery opponent. It will not be for the television title. In fact, the television title will be decided in a six-man extreme elimination chamber match. The contestants will be Chris Jericho, who was already promised a shot at the television title, Rhino, who was screwed out of the ECW title and at least deserves this chance, and four other men. And those four men will be decided in four matches coming up next. We were all thinking about, we were both thinking about tournaments, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, great minds think alike. Exactly. All right, a debuting Tajiri versus Diamond Dallas Page. DDP has up a hand, but yet again is interrupted by video footage of someone spying on his wife. He turns around and gets leveled by a buzzsaw kick, and Tajiri advances to the extreme chamber. A debuting Jerry Lynn versus Barry Windham. Windham dominates early, but Jerry Lynn... Jerry Lynn! Hits his, cr- <laughs> hits his cradle pile driver for the win, and Jerry Lynn advances to the chamber. The next extreme chamber qualifier is Tully Blanchard versus the debuting. He's not just the best, he's not just the greatest, he's just incredible. Tully sets up the slingshot suplex, but Credible slides out the back, rolls him up with an O'Connor roll for the three count, and he advances. Billy Kidman comes out for the final Extreme Chamber qualifying match and awaits his opponent. What's this? Oh my god, it's the debuting Iron Sheik. 
please tell me you could hear that song correctly, right? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Out comes the debuting Iron Sheik. Sheiky Baby comes out with a microphone in hand and he has a lot to say. He says, I come to WCW because that no good jabroni Hulk Hogan. He come to WWF. It wasn't f- if it wasn't for the legend Iron Sheik, Hulk Hogan wouldn't exist. But he no thank me. He no hug me. That's a bunch of beeping bull beep. Now I come to WCW, wrestle for intelligent Jewish businessman Paul Heyman and the intelligent Vincent Kennedy man. I beat no good jabroni man kid Billy and now and then win television title. Thank you. Good day. <laughs> uh, if you've ever watched an Iron Sheik interview, he always ends it. Like his shoot interviews with, thank you, good day. <laughs> Iron Sheik quickly baits Kidman in five minutes after a dozen belly-to-belly, belly-to-back, gut-red suplexes. He eventually applies the camel clutch. Kidman passes out. The Iron Sheik is the final entrant in the extreme chamber. It's going to be Jericho versus Rhino versus Justin Credible versus Tajiri versus Jerry Lynn versus the Iron Sheik. One of these things is not like the other. And that match will kick off the pay-per-view. <laughs> we see in Japan, Yoko's getting much better at Kung Fuji. Fuji says, Yoko, you're almost ready. I just found out who your partner is with this letter. He passes the letter to Yoko, who simply says, what a beast. Tommy Dreamer has a handicap match against the Headbangers. Tommy's furious. He is a completely different man. He quickly beats the headbangers and hits one concerto, hits a one-man concerto on both men. After the match, Edge and the Conquistador beat down Tommy, but Tommy fights back and fends off both men. Sabu quickly beats a local. After the match, Stone Cold comes down, stares down with Sabu. Uh, main event time, the Outsiders and Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and Conan. 20-minute fast-paced cluster F of a match. Finish comes when Shawn has Mysterio set up for sweet chin music, but Chavo runs down and distracts Shawn, who gets rolled up by Rey. One, two, three. Conan, Eddie, and Rey win. Rey once again pinning Shawn Michaels. Eddie gets the mic and says, for the past 14 months, I've been getting beaten and bullied purely because of the numbers game. The tables have turned now because I have my amigos by my side. These aren't just men. These aren't just my brothers. They're animals. They are filthy animals. And we get the introduction of the filthy animals forming to end this week's episode. Wow, really uh, well done there, man. Yeah, uh, that Iron Sheik song. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly something. <laughs> All right, week four, go home show. Go home. Good night. <laughs> I'm already home. Uh, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah, it's not karaoke. Um... <laughs> <laughs> WWF Raw Warzone Week 4 Opening show with executive board member and ECW representative Joey Styles 
uh, says tonight will be an evening of extreme both inside and outside the ring. And it starts right now with a freeway dance in the women's division. Only shop walks versus Ali versus Wendy Richter. There seems to be an uneasy alliance of sorts between Alicia and Ali as they work together, including a double powerbomb to help eliminate Wendy first. Now it's just the two remaining, and each is a, and it is a much and it is a much faster paced match, with each trying, but not quite hitting their finishes. Ali gets caught out by Alicia Fox into a bridging Northern Lights suplex off the ropes, and Alicia Fox wins with a pinfall victory. Uh, after sure. the break, oh, sorry. No, it was very good, mate. After the break, there's a champion summit chaired by the WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett in the ring, who confirms that we are yet to hear from Degeneration X. So, in the event that they will not, uh, that they will be stripped of their title, you will be declared the interim champions, and will have a defense at WrestleMania to solidify the champions going forward. He presents the contract one by one to each of the following participants. Ricky Steamboat, who will verse X-Pac for the light heavyweight championship. Andre the Giant, who will verse China for the European championship. Jack Briscoe, who will verse Mike Tyson for the Intercontinental Championship. The Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, who will verse the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy Gunn for the Tag Team Championship and Bret Hart, who will verse Triple H for the World Championship. Now, following that is a hardcore street fight. The Funks, Terry and Dory Funk Jr. versus Rotten Balls, Axel Rod and Balls Mahoney. While this match heavily favours Rotten Balls, the Funks are holding their own. There's chairs, tables, barbed wire baseball bats. Even a branding iron is brought out by Terry Funk. But eventually, their age catches up with both of them, and both Funks are put through tables for the double pinfall victory for Rotten Balls. Bravo. Uh, following the commercial, Joel Gertner welcomes in Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart backstage. Bret says that when times are tough, you turn to your family. So we made a call, David Boy Smith, and he came through for us. Uh, David Boy Smith walks in and says, Now, Bret, while the result didn't go your way, we will have been uh, we have been guaranteed a trios match tonight by Vern Gagne himself. So, to whoever our opponents are, just try to stop us. Um, we then go back to ringside with a local female talent already in the ring, waiting their opponent, which is WWF World Women's Champion Brie Bella and she quickly wins without the need to break out the Bella Chote and not even breaking a sweat. Bravo. Protect your finish, brother. <laughs> um, so much so she, um, yeah, so she hasn't broken a sweat here and decides to jo join Vergonia post-match in co-chairing the women's contract signing for the Deadly Games, which is Page versus ODB versus Havoc in their series of matches. Uh, as each of the ladies sign and stare at Brie, who then grabs the contract and signs as she'll be facing the winner. That's um, right. Who bows to the outside and walks up the ramp, but before leaving says, 
it doesn't matter how pale or how drunk or how uh, or how big you are when it comes to Raw after Mania, I'll still be your champion. Vern interrupts Bree by saying, the contract you signed isn't for a pass, it's for a match this Sunday versus this woman. And as Bree turns around, she is attacked by the returning Caitlin, who never got her championship match in December and is now getting it as she poses over a fallen Bree on the uh, on the entranceway, holding aloft the title. Excellent. A uh, little bit more here on the Go Home show. We have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in ring, calls out Amazing Red, saying, this may be my only chance, as I don't know what will happen next, but I want a match. Red comes down to greet, and we have an impromptu match. It's back and forth, but Red gets cocky for a top rope dive with nobody home, leaves the door open for Ricky, who secures the pinfall of victory. Um, and there's a sign of respect again um, between both men post-match. So um, uh, after the break, we return to Joey Styles, stating, if this is the last time we're in the ECW arena, then we're going to do this right. The following contest is not sanctioned by the WWF and is for the ECW. FTW Heavyweight Championship. Taz, the champion, versus the debuting Lance Storm with Dawn Marie. Ooh. Joey Styles goes to the commentary booth, kicking out both Alfred and Gorilla for this match. This is peak Taz and peak Storm at their absolute best. This is a hold-for-hold match, uh, move-for-move. But the human suplex machine proves to be just too good tonight as Tad as Taz catches a much needed singles win moving towards WrestleMania. Uh, so uh, we then come back from commercial. Gorilla and Lord Alfred are back on commentary and they run down the card for Sunday. If DX no show, they will be stripped of their championships. So it is light heavyweight champion X-Pac versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. WWF European Championship, China the champ versus Andre the Giant. Intercontinental Championship, uh, Mike Tyson the champion versus Jack Briscoe. Tag Team Championship, the New Age Outlaws, the champs versus the Road Warriors. The World Heavyweight Championship, Triple H versus Bret Hart. Triple H is the champion there. The WWF Hardcore Championship match, Antonio Inoki, the champion, versus uh, a to-be-announced opponent by Joey Styles. The final of both the Wrestling Classic and the World Tag Cup, the Deadly Games Women's Tournament, and the WWF World Women's Championship, Brie Bella versus Caitlin Brees, the champion, going in. Excellent. Uh, and then... In the main event of the Go Home Show, we see the Hart Foundation team of Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, and Davey Boy Smith making his Raw debut. Versus is a booing trio of the American Males, the American Males, the American Males, the American Males, is Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, along with their tag team partner. Hello, ladies. The big Belvoski, Val Venus. 
Um, huge, huge stuff going on. This is just a showcase match for the Heart Foundation. But the DX members, New Age Outlaws and Mike Tyson run in and attack the Heart Foundation. This is ECW rules. Anything goes. They leave the Heart Foundation lying for Val to pick up the scraps for the win with the American Males. And Val Venus and the American Males celebrate as we go off the air. DX run through the arena back to the DX Express. Awesome. Yeah, a little little uh, touch there of, uh, are they going to show up? Will they? Won't they? Yeah, no, that was great. Um, yeah, go, go ahead, man. You're uh, week, uh, week four? Yeah, week four. All right. Uh, another shorter week for me. Uh, week four, Hardcore TV, Hammerstein Ballroom. Ken Shamrock and Sandman are seen backstage. Shamrock's disgusted by Sandman's drinking and smoking. Sandman offers Shamrock a beer, which Shamrock says, keep that to yourself. Clearly, the only thing we have in common is that we want Shane and the Giant in hospital. They shake hands. It's time for a six-man gauntlet match to decide the number one contender for the world title at Super Brawl in two months' time in April. And it is announced that Super Brawl in April, month four, will be held in the Houston Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Hmm. Ooh, good choice. Uh, the site of WrestleMania 17. Uh, Who Sean find Ma- that? Uh, that was, um, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I, will, I will wait a bit before I tell you who headlined that. Fair enough. Go ahead, man. All right. The first opponent that comes out is Shawn Michaels, and he waits for his opponent. It is the debuting Lex Luger. Uh, They go about eight minutes before the filthy animals distract Michaels, and they brawl with the outsiders on the outside, and Luger lays out Michaels with a huge forearm. Luger moves on to the next opponent. He pinned Shawn Michaels. Uh, His next opponent is the Giant. They go five minutes. Lucas somehow gets the Giant up for the torture rack, but the lights go out. When they come back on, Lucas laid out in the ring whilst the entire ministry is watching from the ramp. The Giant picks up Luger, chokeslams him for the win. The next opponent is The Rock. The Giant dominates The Rock for four minutes, but Sandman and Ken Shamrock come out and beat down Shane and The Giant gets distracted and he gets hit with a huge rock bottom and The Rock carries on in this gauntlet match. Next man out is Conan. This goes for a further 10 minutes. Conan goes for a tequila sunrise, but Rock counters into a small package. Rock advances to the final man, out comes Goldberg, who dominates Rock for eight minutes. He goes to spear Rock, but Rock dodges, hits a rock bottom for the win. The Rock advances to the main event of Super Brawl at the Houston Astrodome for the world title. Uh, rock versus Austin was the main event of WrestleMania 17. <laughs> ah, good man. <laughs> uh, Diamond Dallas Page is seen backstage talking with his longtime personal friend canyon they get interrupted by a messenger ddp opens up the letter and he sees it 
inside a note that says, I'm coming. I'm coming real soon, Dally. Who knows? I might be closer than you think. DDP notices that there is a lock of hair in the letter. Is that his wife's hair? He looks at Canyon and leaves without taking his eyes off of Canyon. Canyon. Uh, Tommy Dream is backstage and says that he hasn't seen or heard from his wife, Beulah, since Edge invaded his house weeks ago. Edge interrupts and says that he has nothing to do nothing to do with the disappearance of Beulah. Tommy says that Edge is full of crap and decks Edge, but the conquistador sneak attacks Tommy. But Tommy fights off both men. The conquistador and Edge run off. We see in Japan Yokozuna and Sensei Fuji packing their bags to go to the US for the pay-per-view. As Yoko is packing, Fuji stops Yoko and hands him a black belt. Fuji says that Yoko's worked his ass off for this belt and he deserves it. Uh, now Chris and you, the master of Kung Fuji, Yokozuna. Sabu beats Maven quickly, and after the match, Austin has another stare down with Sabu. This time, Sabu tries to grab the title off of Austin's shoulder, and Austin gets mad and hits Sabu with a stunner. Main event time, the Dudleys have a dominant win over the Godwins. After the match, they cut a promo about how this will be the first time the tag titles will be in the main event at WCW. They will bring some seriousness back into the tag division. They are sick of sideshow acts like savage animals holding the title hostage. They never even show up because they have movies to promote and rap albums to record. We, on the other hand, do one thing, and that's wrestle. That's all that matters to us. Sunday, you're looking at your new tag team champions. Out of nowhere, the Savage Animals run down, beat up the Dudleys, Macho Bomb on both men, and show closes with the Savage Animals standing tall. All right, it's pay-per-view time, baby. You're looking the real deal. <laughs> I just thought about that the other day because he's on uh, the old Dark Side of the Ring when I was doing a watch-along and some of the uh, other episodes of that. Mm. But... um. Yeah, I suppose it's a uh, time for the pay per view. Did you give your nine ninety nine, sir? I sure did. Oh boy, this will be fun. Now, where was I? Oh uh, yeah, I am in. Where the? F- you know when you write something down and it's on a different page, and you're just like, "Where did I put that?" Oh yeah, there. Uh, we are in. Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center in front of a sold-out crowd of zero. <laughs> yes, massive refunds as uh, as uh, old Don got in the networks here. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cyrus the virus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he apparently was uh, the locker room mole. Or was it Todd Gordon? Who knows? Yeah, it was Bill Alfonso, I think they proved. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Oh, well. ECW history. Fun. We go uh, to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Kicks off with Sunday Night Heat. Joel Gertner is joined by Bill Hart. You see, uh, Brett goes on to say, you see, Joel, 
I want to be a role model for all the little hitmen out there, as I've never taken a load road. I've always worked hard for what I have, and tonight I'll prove that by regaining the championship. Get it, Brad. Commentary begins to preview the deadly games. Uh, discussion on each matchup with Gorilla picking Havoc, while Lord Alfred Hayes suggests Page may be the dark horse in this race. They also go on to confirm that ODB versus Havoc will be the first matchup tonight on the pay per view portion for the Deadly Games. We cut to backstage with Joel Gertner, who is outside the doctor's room and is joined by executive board member and WWF commissioner Jim Barnett. Jim states that sadly, Ricky Steamboat was attacked in the parking lot upon arrival today. However, lucky for him, Amazing Red found him and brought him into the doctor's room. Uh, he goes on to state, unfortunately, Ricky will not be able to be cleared in time for tonight's match. Now, after consultation with the executive board members and Ricky, we have agreed to place Amazing Red into the WWF light heavyweight match versus X-Pac. And should Red win, he will vacate the title to Ricky immediately per the executive board's orders as he is a substitute for the challenger. Joel adds, so does this still count as Ricky's rematch? To which Jim adds, yes, hence why the board made this unique exception. Uh, commentary, sorry. Oh, go on. Uh, commentary goes on to preview the wrestling classic with Gorilla Monsoon picking thinly while Lord Alfred Hayes suggests Regal is the favourite and the World Tag Cup with both Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes picking the Maxam Connection. Your heat-exclusive match sees Alicia Forks and Ali versus the in-ring debut of the Maxam Connection, Rosita and Sarita, who have Super Crazy Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera in their corner. This match is all Rosita and Sarita dominating Fox and Ali, who seem lost as a team. Another win for the Maxam, uh, Maxam connection moving onto the pay-per-view. Uh, let's see. Lastly, we see an update from the DX Express travelling around Philly. They stop in front of the 2300 ECW arena and ask fans, what are you looking forward to seeing tonight? Crowd or chance back, D-Generation X. Uh, Triple H goes on to say to the camera, we fired the next shot in the war as they throw out DX shirts to the crowd with the shirt uh, having characters of DX's champions all standing atop a skull with a broken heart on it. Commentary also states that if DX no show, they will be stripped of their titles tonight. Love it. So we go into the pay-per-view portion itself. Match number two for the light heavyweight championship, X-Pac versus Amazing Red. Uh, so uh, Red enters first and we're sort of there waiting for a moment. And then all of a sudden X-Pac enters. Um, so he's there to answer the challenge, signaling DXR actually there at the building. Uh, this is one of X-Pac's best matches to date. However, laying the match, he takes a low road, crutches X on top of the rope, Pulls him down into position for a Bronco Buster, then a spinning heel kick as he gets up. One, two, three, and X Puck retains. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I tried to uh, 
to pull the wall over your eyes there with the little stipulation, but I don't think I did. <laughs> no, no, that was really good, though. Love that. Uh, match number three, Deadly Games. Match number one, ODB versus Havoc. Uh, this is a test of strength between the two ladies, with Havoc able to knock DBD off her feet. Uh, late in the match, it's all Havoc, as D- ODB isn't taking this very seriously, and Havoc hits a running power slam for the pinfall victory. She now leads the series 1-0. Awesome. Uh, fourth match of the night, European Championship, China the champion versus Andre the giant. This match is just China trying to outmaneuver Andre as he wears himself down. And late in the match, she goes after his leg, cutting them out from under the big man, and uh, eventually does a drop kick, lays on top of him, one, two, three, pinfall victory, and China retains. Fantastic. Next is the Intercontinental Championship match. I'm Mike Tyson versus Jack Briscoe. Jack enters first with Gerald in his corner, and uh, followed by Tyson, who gets in the ring, sort of squaring up, bit of shadow boxing. The bell rings, and Jack charges at Tyson, and as he does, Tyson lands a massive hook, and Jack is knocked out. The referee waves off the match, uh, so it's a ref stoppage via knockout, and Tyson retains the championship. Yes. Get him, Mike. <laughs> Following that is the second Deadly Games match. So this is ODB versus Page. Havoc having a bye here already with one victory. Uh, you need two victories to claim the tournament. So this is all Paige working circles around ODB. ODB, again, showing she's more interested in having fun than winning matches. Uh, Paige hits both the Page turner and the Rampage for the pinfall victory, and Paige has tied Havoc at one win each. Their match later tonight will determine who will headline WrestleMania for the Women's Championship, as, um, as ODB has sadly been eliminated from this. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, she can go have fun at the bar. Yes. <laughs> um, quick sidebar. Did you know that she runs a food truck now and she, like, when you go to Daly's place, like, you can buy food from ODB's food truck out the front of Daly's place as you enter? Yeah, she's had her food truck for years because a few years ago it burnt down. The fans raised money for her to, re, um, like, get a new food truck. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so I just talked about that match. Uh, match number seven, WWF World Tag Team Championship match. The New Age Outlaws, the champions versus the Road Warriors. Before the bell ring, the Road Warriors demand this be a Texas Tornado match, but the New Age Outlaws refuse. So Paul Outlawing offers to sweeten the deal. If for any reason we lose, we will leave the WWF. New Age, the New Age Outlaws agree. And all four men shake hands in a rare moment of sportsmanship from D-Generation X. But the fair play doesn't last long with the Outlaws beginning to take shortcuts. The Road Warriors hit a doomsday device on Billy Gunn and get a pinfall. One, two, Billy Gunn's foot is on the rope, but Paul Allering knocks it off. And the referee catches him. And you're out of here. Paul Allering is ejected from ringside for interfering in the match. And the amount of times this has gone against anyone from DX recently is laughable, commentary adds. 
As Paul is walking up the rampway back to the locker room, things look dire for Animal and Hawk. Billy fights back, uh, along with Road Dog getting in for a shake, rail, and roll on Hawk. Then a famous hit on Hawk. One, two, three. The New Age Outlaws retain, and the Road Warriors are no longer in the WWF. Uh, yeah. Oh. It was good while it lasted. Yeah, that fun, I guess. Match number A of the evening, WWF World Heavyweight Championship, Triple H <laughs> champion. <laughs> I got to start working on some impressions, damn it. Triple <laughs> <laughs> H. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like a terrible Triple H mix with a macho man. It sucks. <laughs> um, Triple H versus Bret Hart. Triple H comes out with the outlaws in his corner. Um, not really having time to go back and do anything as Bret comes out with the Hart Foundation in his corner. Seconds seem to spend more time brawling around ringside than helping their friends. As Bret has Triple H in the sharpshooter, but Triple H get, escapes. There's plunder in the ring everywhere as the seconds throwing it in, trying to help out their man. There's a sledgehammer, there's a chair, but nothing seems to be getting used. More grappling, more brawling. Triple H tries for a pedigree, but can't get it. The seconds begin brawling up the rampway. Triple H tries for the pedigree again and hits it onto a sledgehammer. And with the seconds all the way up the rampway, Triple H gets a pinfall victory here to retain. Yeah. Match, go ahead. No, that's good. That's good. I'm loving everything involving DX at the moment. It's all fantastic. Uh, WWF Hardcore Championship and Noki with Anokiism, Liger, Bull, and Tucker versus the hand picked opponent by ECW representative Joey Styles, that being a returning Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him his payday. <laughs> That's it. Um, this is all Anoki, though, who just keeps beating on Piper until he looks over and Bull is the one who signals that it's sort of enough and Anoki just does his cocky pose again and the referee can't free for Anoki as he retains. Fantastic. Match 10, the wrestling classic final. William Regal versus Fit Finley. It's a rivalry that's continued on from Europe. This is all Finley. Regal begins to get annoyed and goes to pull out the brass knuckles, but is caught by the ref, has them taken off him, and as the ref is distra- uh, distracted, handing it to Howard Finkel uh, ringside, Finley does a low blow into a clover leaf, and Finley wins due to Regal submitting. Ooh. Turnabout's fair play. Yep, bloody oath. Uh, Match number 11, the World Tag Cup Final, the Boogie Knights versus the Mexam Connection. Disco and Alex enter with Duck, while Mexam, uh, yeah, Mexam enter all seriously. Eventually, the Mexam members, Rosita, Sarita, and Juventud Carrera, go and steal Duck from the Boogie Knights corner, tossing it into the empty arena. Disco, in despair, runs from the Mexam to retrieve Duck, but Alex is isolated and gets pinned for his troubles, meaning your winners, the Mexam Connection. Fantastic. Uh, 
match 12, the deadly draw game, match number three, Page on one, Havoc on one. So the winner of this match will be the winner of the overall tournament, with Paige being the quicker woman here, working around Havoc. Havoc goes for a power slam. One, two, but Paige reaches the ropes. Paige goes for the Paige turner. One, two, but Havoc kicks out. It is back and forth, back and forth. Paige hits the rampage. One, two, three, and Paige wins, advancing to WrestleMania. Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. And match number 13 (laughs) of the show. Yeah, I did a lot this month. I wanted to make up for it with no fans. Damn it. (laughs) Main event of the show, WWF World Women's Championship match. Brie Bella versus Caitlin. Caitlin getting her uh, long overdue championship match. She won in her series against Alicia Fox back in December. Uh, if you remember, Caitlin was injured in January uh, when Brie was injured in December. So <laughs> she would have won it in November then, actually. So, yeah, missed December, missed January. Alicia got the shot in January, and now we're here. Yeah. Uh, starts off with Caitlin trying to outpower Brie, um, sort of overworking her. Brie going to the outside a lot, trying to get her breath. Um, but as she goes back in, Caitlin sort of, Trips, rolls her ankle, and Brie sees the opportunity. Bella Chote, Bella Chote, pin, one, two, three. Brie Bella is still your women's champion as we go off the air. Awesome. Hell yeah. show. Hell show, kid. Yeah, no show, kid. Uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah, thank All you, right. thank you. All righty, so without any further... Further ado, it is time for WCW Living Dangerously, One Last Stand. Live from the 2300 Arena from Philadelphia. Don't worry, we had this place sanitized after WWF was finished with it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. We get a typical ECW-style cold open in the ring with... Heyman and Sinister Minister standing in the ring, heating up the crowd. If you've watched an ECW pay-per-view, this is exactly how they used to do things. They get interrupted by some music. It's Molly Holly, and she's standing at the entranceway. And out from behind her comes Crash and Hardcore Holly. Molly says that she figured out really quick that she needs someone to watch her back, so she brought in her cousins, Crash and Hardcore. Hardcore grabs the mic and says that Paul Heyman knew they were coming, yet you didn't book me in a match. If I was booking, you know what I would do? I'd put the belt on me and let me beat up everyone. If no one one knows the full story, um, Bruce Pritchard once went backstage and asked Hardcore Holly, if if he had any creative ideas for for himself, and Hardcore says, "Yeah, I got an idea. How about you put the belt on me and let me beat everyone?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't go down well. Uh, Bruce just laughed and just walked away, and they just didn't book Hardcore for six months because <laughs> he didn't have any ideas. Um, 
Uh, hardcore says, I mean, how can you sign someone named Hardcore and not put them on a Hardcore card? Am I not extreme enough? But they get interrupted by Lita. She should be preparing for a match tonight. Who says, I understand what you're saying, Molly. I needed some people to watch my back as well. I know I have a match tonight, but I don't mind kicking your ass right now. And out comes Jeff and Matt, the Hardy Boys, and they beat out, beat up the Hollies. Um, yeah, hang on, sorry, just lost my spot. They quickly lay out the Hollies. They simultaneously hit a lead assault on Molly, top rope leg drop on Hardcore, and Swanton on Crash. Team Extreme, Leader, and the Hardy Boys are together, and they leave up the entrance ramp. Crash and Molly leave, but Hardcore Holly grabs the mic and says, Hey, I'm more extreme than that. As I was saying, there's no one more extreme and no one more violent than me. He gets interrupted again. Oh no. Someone's about to die. Because it is the debuting New Jack. New Jack has a bin full of weapons. The music's playing the whole time, as per usual with New Jack. Cheese grater on Bob. Pizza slicer across the head of Hardcore Holly. Shot with a guitar. New Jack struts his way out of the ring as a bloody Hardcore Holly is helped out of the ring. And we officially opened up the show with the debut of the hard the hardy boys hardcore and crash uh new jack yeah crazy opening segment uh very much reminiscent of the original ecw and now we go into our opening video package World <laughs> Championship Wrestling. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that bit right. All right. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, we kicked the action off with the television title Extreme Chamber match. It's a smaller version of the chamber. It's essentially a shorter Hell in a Cell. It's just a cage with that goes out on the outside of the ring, and there's shark cages in each corner of the cell, which are the pods. But, is this yeah. like the, uh, what is it, TNA? What the hell was that cage thing that Jeff Hardy climbed? Oh, that was the asylum. It's not really like that. It was the, what are they called? The ex-asylum or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was something stupid. But yeah, yeah, so this is basically a hell in a cell with shark cages in each corner of the cell outside the ring. People are in those shark cages and they are the pods. So it's like a poor man's version of the elimination chamber because we're at the 2300 arena. Um, 
Starting off the match is the Iron Sheik and Justin Credible. Sheik takes Credible to Sheikplex City, bitch. He then eliminates Credible with a camel clutch. Then Tajiri enters. Sheik and Tajiri have a hard-hitting exchange, but ultimately the Sheikplexes are too much for Tajiri, who then gets eliminated. Jerry Lynn enters multiple Sheik plexes, and Lynn is eventually eliminated. Sheik has been a dominant force in this chamber. Next up is Rhino, who brings in multiple weapons because there's, like, weapons all over the place too because it's extreme, get it? Uh, they don't seem to, sh- to phase Sheiky Baby, though. is a big, tough boy. Until Rhino resorts to a low blow to the Sheik and his... Admittedly, 10-inch member, Sheik drops, gore to the Sheik. Rhino eliminates Sheik. Sheik gets up and he's upset. He starts he uh, starts unloading on Rhino and then he goes under the ring and pulls out his heavy Persian clubs from under the ring. He batters Rhino with his Persian clubs. Rhino's bleeding. Sheik drags Rhino to one of the shark cages and he Sheik plexes Rhino through the solid steel bars of the shark cage and the shark cage just completely snaps under the pressure of that incredible Sheik plex. He rolls Rhino into the ring and applies the camel clutch. Rhino was out cold as Sheiky Baby leaves screaming that everything was fucking bullshit. And Jericho enters the match. Jericho arrogantly walks in. Hits a lion sold on Rhino. One, two, kick out. How's Rhino still in this? Rhino gets up. He has a second win. He goes to gore Jericho, but Jericho catches him with the debut of his new finisher, the Code Breaker. One, two, three, Jericho wins, and Jericho is your new WCW television champion. Jericho, through sheer luck, managed to sneak out of this violent chamber with the title and relatively unscathed. Whoa. Um, The Rock and Roll Express come out next and await their opponents. James Mitchell introduces these men at a combined weight of 606 pounds, standing at 6 feet 6 inches and 6 feet 9 inches respectively. Two former world champions and monsters in this industry. I present to you the Bomb Squad. It's Mike Awesome. It's Sid Vicious. The Bomb Squad is here. So, uh, yep. Uh, bomb track from Rage Against the Machine. Obvious, obvious theme song choice there. These guys are, enorse, uh, are enormous. We got awesome. We got vicious. They both come out in matching leather vests and jeans with knee pads and boots over the top of the jeans. Very Sid style. Awesome and Vicious get in the ring, and the bell rings. Both Morton and Gibson lay forearms to the chest of both men, but it doesn't faze him. Stereo drop kicks onto both men, but Awesome and Vicious don't budge. Awesome and Vicious look at each other and both hit big boots to the rock and rolls. 
awesome and vicious pick up a member each into powerbomb positions and powerbomb each guy from opposite sides of the ring to the outside through tables. Awesome grabs Gibson outside and throws him back in the ring. Vicious hits a massive powerbomb in the middle of the ring to Gibson as Awesome climbs the top rope, jumps off with his Awesome splash. One, two, three in about two minutes. Mitchell raises the hand of his two monsters. Who can stop the bomb squad? So, yeah. Wow, really good. Yeah, uh, two guys with power bombs, put them together, make them a bomb squad. Writes itself. Um, plus two of my boys, so <laughs> probably not probably not going to miss too many TV tapings. They're probably going to get booked pretty well. <laughs> Next up is more tag team action as the Outsiders take on Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. of the Filthy Animals. Um, finish comes uh, of this 10-minute match when Nash has Ray set up for a jackknife whilst Hall goes for the fall-away slam on Eddie. He throws Eddie, but he goes. Eddie goes flying into Nash, and Ray lands in a seated position. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Hall goes for the fall-away slam on Eddie. He throws Eddie, but... Eddie goes flying into Nash and Ray lands in a seated position, pinning Nash and Hall has no idea what just happened. After the match, Hall and Nash start shoving each other, but ultimately leave together. I wrote that poorly. I'm sure I knew what I meant when I wrote it. Um, Up next is Shane McMahon and the Giant versus Sandman and Ken Shamrock. A bit of an odd couple pairing there. This is a bloody brawl that goes all over the arena. At one point, Sandman and Shane climb up a balcony. and Sandman knocks Shane off the balcony with his kendo stick. Shane flies through like two or three three tables. The giant is left alone in the ring with Shamrock. Giant goes to chokeslam Shamrock, but Shamrock slides out and grabs the ankle and puts the ankle lock on Giant, who passes out. After Shamrock snaps the giant's ginormous ankle. The Sandman and Shamrock win. Giant and Shane are stretched out of a pay-per-view yet again. Next up is the WCW Women's Championship match. Trish Stratus versus Jazz versus Lita. 15-minute match. Finish comes when Jazz hits the bitch clamp on Lita. But Trish lays out Jazz with the title belt and then hits Stratisfaction on Lita for the win. And Trish is still your women's champion. After the match, Lacey Von Erich runs down and attacks Trish. She hits a huge tornado punch on Trish and then locks on the infamous Von Erich claw. Uh, Next match is a tag team match. The wild of the wild it's a tag team match of the wild Samoans who are accompanied by Rikishi versus the newly christened uh, the newly christened master of Kung Fuji Yokozuna who comes out wearing a gay with his black belt accompanied by Sensei Fuji and out comes his mystery partner another former ECW alumni handpicked by Paul Heyman 
It's the debuting. Bam, 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 Bigelow. This is a hard-hitting eight-minute Hoss fight. At the eight-minute mark, it has been all Bam Bam and Yoko. Bam, Bam Bam hits a plex, a superplex on Uffa. They, they are both down. Yoko and Seeker headbutt each other at the same time, and they're both down. All four men are out cold when all of a sudden music hits. What, what, why now? What's happening? It's the Steiner brothers. It's Scott and Rick. It's like the late 90s version of both men. Like Rick's got like the bulldogs on his leather jacket. Yeah. uh, Scott has a microphone and says, huh? I think it's a load of bullshit. That fat ass drafted us. Two shows ago, and he still hasn't booked us. But look at what you have here. Fuji. Fat. Rikishi. Fat. Wild Samoans. Fat. Bam Bam Bigelow. Fat. Yokozuna. Fat ass. You see, me and my brother, we're genetic freaks, and we don't want no simpy. We just want to kick some ass. Heyman, you fat piece of trash. Since you like to book everything here, there's no rules. And all of you fat asses in the crowd eat this up like a bunch of jelly donuts. How about we inject ourselves into this match? Because we're the greatest tag team in the world. Because we're the liposuction this fat ass tag division desperately needs. Holla if you hear me. Rick and Scott get in the ring. They roll Yoko out. They roll Bam Bam out. Scott hits a Frankensteiner on Uffa. Top rope bulldog from Rick to Seeker. Steiner recliner on Uffa, who's out cold, and the Steiner brothers win a match that they weren't even meant to be in because they don't like fat people. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, something different. <laughs> All right, next up is the WCW Hardcore title match. Vince comes out with the do-rag on holding both the Hardcore title and ECW title. Heyman says, Vince, you know where we are, so I think it's only fair that I make this for both the Hardcore and ECW title. Vince is pissed. And he awaits his opponent. Music hits. I don't even think Chris is going to get this reference because everything's edited off the network. It's the franchise, Shane Douglas. Douglas quickly hits the Pittsburgh plunge on McMahon. A few members of the NWO try to come out, but some ECW alumni from the locker room stop them, and the NWO runs with their tail between their legs. Uh, Shane Douglas hits the Pittsburgh plunge on McMahon. 
Shane Douglas quickly is your new hardcore champion and ECW champion. Douglas grabs the mic and says, cut my fucking music. He looks, he looks at the WCW hardcore title. He says, wow, this title is beautiful. This is for you, dad. I look at this title and I think of a great lineage from Rick Rude to Randy Savage to your Mark Henry's to your Barry Windham's to Terry Gordy. Yeah. Even to your Vince McMahon's and they can all kiss my because if this is the last night us extreme originals get to put on a show for this crazy crowd in this arena i want to make sure it's remembered forever he takes the wcw hardcore title and throws it on the ground he grabs the ecw title and says i hereby dub this the wcw extreme heavyweight championship He holds it up and the crowd goes nuts. You people here, this is your legacy. You will live forever through this. No more stupid 24-7 rules. No more finger pokes of doom. No more laying down at the commentary table. This is all about taking things to the extreme and leaving your blood, sweat and tears in the ring every night. Philly, I love you. And he leaves. We see Paul Heyman on commentary with a tear in his eye. So obviously I had to debut Shane Douglas throwing down a title. Yeah. Yeah. It had to happen. So now the old ECW title is going to be rechristened the WCW extreme title. Yes. Um, Probably get a little bit of a makeover, chuck a WCW logo on it. The Philly fans would hate that. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to know that right now. No. All right, next up is the WCW US Championship match. Edge versus Tommy Dreamer. 25-minute violent bloody match. Tommy pulls out some thumbtacks, but he gets slammed into them. You never pull out thumbtacks. Whoever pulls them out gets slammed onto them. That's the rule. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, at, one, at least that's what Mick Foley taught me. At one point, Tommy sets up a table in the corner. He goes to go for a Dreamer Valley driver through the table in the corner when all of a sudden a man in a trench coat and motorbike helmet pulls Edge off of Dreamer's shoulders and spears Dreamer through the table in the corner. He removes his helmet to reveal it's the Conquistador. All of a sudden... Uh, more of the ECW originals come back. Tajiri, Just Incredible, Jerry Lynn, Bam Bam, and other ECW alumni run down and beat down the Conquistador. They remove his mask. It's Christian! Big surprise there. Um, they carry Christian out of the... They carry Christian out of the arena. Dreamer gets up first. Dreamer Valley Driver to Edge. But the lights go out. The lights come back on. Beulah is in the ring. She has her hands spread out in a crucifix-like pose on her knees. Dreamer looks shocked. The lights go out again. It's Raven. Even flow to Dreamer. Edge goes for the two sweet on Raven. Is Raven in the NWO? Even flow 
DDT on Edge. Raven drags Edge on top of Dreamer. One, two, three. Edge retains. Beulah leaves with Raven. Tommy is left alone in the ring and he is in tears. The mother of his children. The love of his life. His wife left with his greatest enemy. <laughs> Storytelling, bro. <laughs> uh, it's good. Yeah, uh, Raven. I love him. Um, Paul Heyman announces that next month it will be WCW Spring Stampede live from the Dallas Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. We will see Lacey Von Erich challenge Trish Stratus for the women's title. Michael Hayes, Michael Hayes challenged Shane Douglas for the extreme title, and whoever wins tonight's main event will defend the world tag titles against the Von Erichs. Uh, next up is Goldberg versus whoever Rick Rude's replacement is in this born-to-be-wired barbed wire match there's barbed wire boards in each corner goldberg comes out in a tank top and jeans the ropes are covered in barbed wire barbed wire rep- weapons all over the ring all that sort of good stuff uh, music hits as goldberg waits for his opponent hang on a minute James Mitchell says, hang on, isn't there a guy that used to wrestle in this arena that used to come out to this song? And Paul Heyman's like, yeah, I know, I booked this match, bro. <laughs> and James's like, oh my God, it couldn't be him, could it? And then out he comes, oh my God, it's from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, it's Cactus Jack. Mick Foley's extreme alter ego has finally arrived at WCW. Cactus rolls into the ring, forearms over and over again to Goldberg. He does his signature. He looks at the crowd and lets off a massive bang, bang. Goldberg spears Cactus instantly. Oh my God. But Goldberg's down. He Goldberg rolls over to reveal his bleeding. What just happened? Cactus gets up, reveals under his shirt. He wrapped his entire torso in barbed wire. He removes it and whips Goldberg with the barbed wire. After about six minutes, Goldberg gets the upper hand and starts unloading on Cactus Jack with stiff shots. And he grabs a barbed wire wrapped steel chair. He repeatedly levels Cactus with the chair. Cactus is a bloody mess. Goldberg goes for a spear, but Cactus dodges, and Goldberg stops himself just before he runs into the barbed wire-wrapped ropes. He turns around, and Cactus hits his signature Cactus clothesline on Goldberg, and Goldberg's head is stuck between the ropes and the barbed wire. We see blood trickle down the neck of Goldberg. Cactus repeatedly levels him with forearm shots and Goldberg falls onto the floor. Cactus body slams Goldberg onto a barbed wire board that got thrown out of the ring onto the floor. Goldberg's stuck inside the board. Cactus grabs another board and climbs up the apron and hits a cactus elbow off the apron onto Goldberg using the barbed wire board 
It's a barbed wire Goldberg sandwich. Cactus Jack crawls on top, pins Goldberg on the floor. One, two, three. Obviously, a lot of really gimmicked barbed wire because there's no way Goldberg would actually do this match. Well, <laughs> he did put his hand for a car window. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't do this match, but he he would happily slice open his arm and miss six months of wrestling at the peak of his career. Um, Go on. We see Goldberg. He gets put in an ambulance backstage, and Vince stops the AMTs and says to Goldberg, "You're pathetic." You lose all the time. You lost to Rude. You lost to Sabu. You lost to Cactus Jack. And that's just this month. He rips the NWO tank top off of Goldberg's bloody body and says, You're fired. Goldberg seemingly kicked out of the NWO. Next up is the WCW World Heavyweight Championship match Sabu versus Stone Cold. They brawl all over the crowd. They get back in the ring. Sabu knocks Stone Cold out of the ring again. Sabu sets up a chair. He goes to do that, bounce off the ropes, jump up onto the chair, and then springboard to the outside. But Sabu slips on the top rope, and his foot gets stuck, and he's hanging upside down off the rope, and Austin stomps a mud hole in him. Uh, eventually Sabu starts to get the upper hand again. He starts doing some crazy high-flying stunts. He doesn't botch any this time. Sabu, um, Sabu flies off the top rope to the outside of Stone Cold, but Stone Cold manages to catch him, throws him in the floor, into the ring. Stone Cold jumps in, Luthes press, stunner, one, two, three, Sabu loses to Stone Cold, clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. Sabu fist bumps Austin out of respect and leaves. Out comes The Rock. They have a stare down, Austin and The Rock. This crowd, maybe they are an ECW crowd, but they they do appreciate two megastars in Rock and Austin. They have a huge stare down. Paul Heyman officially announces... It's going to be Austin versus Rock in April for the world title at Super Brawl. But next month, it's Spring Stampede. It'll be Rock and Austin teaming up to take on Edge and Christian. If Edge and Christian win, I promise Vince this chance, the NWO will get to add a member of Vince McMahon's choice to the main event of Super Brawl. All right, it's semi-main event time. Out comes Shawn Michaels. He's awaiting his opponent. Uh, Shawn Michaels is arrogantly, like, talking crap to the ECW crowd. A guy like Shawn Michaels, you just know, is, like, hated in the ECW arena. He does his whole thing where he uh, lays across the top of the turnbuckle and waits for his opponent. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Oh, my God. Who is it? The crowd's in anticipation. It's Rob. 
Van Dam. The crowd starts chanting, whole effing show, whole effing show. RVD comes out, is wearing the ECW TV title. The crowd is going nuts. This is another technical classic 20-minute fast-paced back-and-forth match. Finish comes when Sean tunes up the band. He goes for sweet chin music, but RVD catches it. Step, step over Sean's foot and does a step over spinning heel kick thingy. RVD climbs the top rope. Five-star frog splash. One, two, three. RVD wins his WCW debut. The crowd is going banana. Um, RVD goes to the commentary table and says, Paul, you like that? Paul says, of course, Rob. Well, how about this, Paul? Since uh, the WCW TV title gets a lucky seven rule, how about we do the same thing for the ECW TV title? And Paul agrees. So we've got two TV titles going on and two Lucky 7 rules. We get an advertisement set to the tune of ACDC's Thunderstruck. I can't be bothered playing that right now. The ad announces that Nitro returns tomorrow. And starting tomorrow, Nitro goes on the road every single week. Wish me luck, humans. And the second hour every week will be the WCW Thunder Hour. Nitro will also be on the road. Yeah, every single week moving forward. Thunder Hour, second hour. Yeah, we've got some big changes coming to TV. And it is main event time. The Savage Animals with Sherry Martell in their corner versus the Dudley Boys. Ten minute match. At one point... At one point, Sherry gets involved. It becomes a three-on-two assault on the, the Dudleys. But out comes the debuting Spike Dudley. Spike runs in, hits the acid drop on Sherry. But Batista and Macho hit a huge Macho bomb on Spike. In the meantime, Davon sets up a table. 3D on Batista in the ring. Savage is left alone with both Dudleys. Spike gets up and sets the table on fire. 3D to Savage through a burning table. One, two, three. The Dudley boys have won the WCW Tag Team Championships. All of the ECW alumni that we saw compete tonight come out, celebrate with the Dudleys as the Philly crowd chant, EC-dub, EC-dub to to end the show. And we go to credits. Come As You Are by Nirvana Plays. We see Raven and Beulah enter Tommy Dreamer's house. Raven looks at the camera and says, Tommy, I'm sick of fighting you. I just want you to join my flock. The camera pans over to the lounge room and we see Canyon, Lash LaRue and Maven on the couch playing with Tommy's baby daughter. And Tommy's toddler. Tommy, join us. Bueller looks at the camera and says, Quote the Raven, Nevermore. We fade to black to end the show. And we're done. 
Wow, really good show. Yeah, uh, lots of big things happened. RVD, Raven, new tag champs, the Dudley Boys. Yeah. Uh, third consecutive pay-per-view with a tag title change, and we all know the last time I did something like that, we didn't change the title for about a year afterwards. Well, we still haven't changed the title since. So, yeah. Or have we? Not yet. Okay. Edge, is, Edge is about two pay-per-views away from having the US title for a year. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Alrighty. Alrighty, I should probably get on the video scope. If you like, kind sir. Am I there? No. There I am. Ugh. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, nice shirt. Oh, thank you. Alrighty. So I've just got to find something. So I don't know if I've mentioned this before with releases. But I think it's only fair that you do your releases before you pick your twist because you can't just be like, oh, I didn't get the twist I want or the free agent I wanted, so I'll just release a bunch of people now. Okay. So that's why I always release people before the twists. Anyway, I'm yeah. about to release four people again because again. I because there's someone I want. This is bullshit. Uh, he had a good run. You sure you don't want to offer a trade? No, I don't think you'll want him. Uh, I might. To be fair, I'm, I've got slash getting everyone I want from your roster. There's one person I need in that free agency. Anyway, first person released. He had a good run in the WWF. Amazing red. Uh, yeah. Didn't have a spot for him, unfortunately. Too many. Got lost in the shuffle instantly. Poor bugger. I'm going to blow a couple of people's minds with this, uh, with my last one. But the next one isn't any surprise. Ricky Morton, Robbie... Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. So they count as two releases, but they will go in to the free agent pool as a tag team. So you so you don't have to worry about picking up just Robert Gibson without Ricky Morton, because that would suck. Which um, one's the one who does Canadian Destroyers? Just give me that one. Yeah, Ricky Morton. That's oh, no, I don't saying. want Robert Gibson on his own. <laughs> no, you don't. And my last release, and I'm I'm an art about it, but quite frankly, the humans don't even know I have this person. So I've had him for a month, and I have to release this person because I don't want to have a McMahon-run show. Stephanie McMahon back into the free agent pool. All righty. See. The form says McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, not so much. Hang on, let me just get these things. All right, so 
I went second, so I'll go first with the twists. Don't you have to pull out your free agents? Oh, you do that afterwards because, yeah, you just got to leave them in there. I don't know. That's what we did last month anyway with the free agents. Yeah. Well, because this could like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the logic is. Like, this is a good twist, but if I'd known I was going to pull out a hand-picked free agent card, I wouldn't have bloody released four people. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you keep things interesting by doing your free agents last, I guess. Let's see who you get. Uh, I will type it in chat. I don't think it's much of a surprise. Wow. Wow, I can't believe he took Jim Cornette and the Zodiac. For shame. (laughs) All righty. Your twist time. Hang on, am I still there? Yeah, there I am. Yes. No. Yes. yes. No. No. <laughs> oh, I'm angry about that, but this is a good twist for you. Out of retirement, <laughs> you get a retired superstar, and there's only one at the moment. So I'm going to have immediate. That is immediate. You've got him. The worst part is I don't even want to offer a trade for him because I've sort of moved past his existence so much now. Um, But yes, I will add this particular one from my little retired coffee cup thing that I have other twists in into your little Binsky. Binsky. Is good ski. Yes. All right. Well, this is not fair. I think you should just use this on TV. Uh, First blood. Nah, I got a match for that. Didn't you just get this? Uh, two months ago. Oh. I need to give this. I need to get a bigger tub actually because they're starting to fall out every time I open it now. Um, damn it, we didn't get the, that the the new twist I added. Oh, oh yeah, I better draw out four people now. I'm really pissed. Yes. 
You know how you got to add some non-champions like the BWO and Air Raid to the free agency? Yeah. I added one, and I, I did not think I would get him. <laughs> so that is... Uh, mm, actually, I've got something coming up that he could fit in. Uh, hang on. I've got to try and make sure that my hand... I'll get a redraw if I pick the hand-picked person I already grabbed, all right? Okay. And, it, and if I get him, I'll be really pissed because I wouldn't... Yeah, anyway. Well, this is the first time this has happened. Someone that just <laughs> got released a month ago is back. I, I can actually make a gimmick out of that. That's fine. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, because uh, other than the um the couple of trades we've had back and forth, that'd be the first time somebody's uh randomly tr- and come back. Yeah, like all right. Uh can you see that? Well that's uh I would like a couple of women, please. But that is someone for a oh man. I can book him against New Jack. (laughs) (gasps) Could not have... Well, I got what I wanted, a woman. Could not have planned that out better, though, considering my handpicked free agent. Ooh. Um... Oh, I could do a really funny impression of her, too. <laughs> Man, how many that... was that? Norman? Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's four. That's four. Yeah, I'm keeping track. Uh, yeah. Any trades, I suppose, before we go? Uh, that I'm guessing by a particular thing I heard on your pay-per-view, you might have agreed to a... Four for three trade. Yeah. Alrighty. It is official. You get four people, I get three. What humans are thinking, why would you do that? I was desperate, man. I need some I need some fresh blood. Some fresh blood. Anything else you want to offer me for now, or is that all? Is there anything you want to offer me? Because it sounds like this is the most I've heard you like really push for a trade. Nothing I can think of yet. Nah, I, I can't think. I never am able to think of them on the spot. But yeah. Um, I, I will have a look over at my roster and maybe think about potential trades. I didn't think any of those four people I released you would have been interested in. Uh, and the previous month, I pretty much offered once. you. Yeah. Yeah, I should have thought about. I'm going to assume it was Steph, right? No, the other one. All oh, right. Okay. Well, I don't know how it goes. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. Here, I'll tell you. 
That's what it was supposed to be. Oh, right. I forgot about his little thingy. Oh, I didn't think you were that keen on him, but I guess you did give him a bit of a shove. Yeah. Um, Shudsky. Yeah. Oh, what a fun episode, though. Yeah. And You've uh, got WrestleMania next month. What's on the card so far? Ooh. It's already announced. Oh, here, let me pull up the old cheat sheet. If it'll let me. Uh, there we go. Um, let's see. Let's see. What have I got announced? I have not a lot announced. I have uh, the tag. What was it? Uh, World Tag Cup. Uh, Max Am Connection will probably get a championship shot. Uh, yeah. Finley, the winner of the Wrestling Classic, will get a wrestling shot somewhere. Uh, Taz, the uh, Royal Rumble winner, is going to face Triple H at Mania. And we have uh, Brie Bella facing Paige for the women's title. Very good. A lot more stuff to happen on Raw. Yeah, I'm very excited for your Mania. I've got a fairly... uh, Not up to my normal standards of in-depth stuff for the next episode, because I want to give... Uh, Chris, the full spotlight for Mania. But I've got a fun little card for the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. Bit of world-class action. Yes. Who knows? Maybe yeah. a free bird. Yeah, well, we got Michael Hayes versus Shane Douglas for the Extreme title. The Von Erichs versus the Dudley Boys for the tag titles. And Lacey Von Erich versus Trish Stratus for the women's title. So, Yeah. Bit of fun. Fair enough. Um, I suppose with that being said, should we wrap up, sign off? Yeah. Well, you can find me at Fruity is Alex on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook. Search up Wrestling WrestlingOzStyle. And you can find Chris at... at oh, I'm Chris Funder. You can go back listen to the entire Wrestling Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, the weekly wrestling wrap on YouTube, and using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time.
He's a man. Such a man. He's a real, real man's man. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Good night, humans. Toodles. <laughs>